It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. In the Didache, another one of those big Catholic words that I hope I said it right, the Lord's teaching through the 12 apostles to the nations, the very first catechism of the Catholic Church that, that goes back to the time of the apostles. I think it's really neat. In chapter one, it talks about the two ways from the first of the Ten Commandments. It says there are two ways, one of life and one of death, but a great difference between the two ways. And then it alludes to that scripture. Stacey, what's that scripture? It's in Matthew 22, chapter 22. It, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And they're referring to this scripture in the very beginning of that very first catechism and making the comparison between the way of life and the way of death. And we want to talk about the way of life and being open to life today because the United States, the Supreme Court of the United States, as many, many people who follow this issue with abortion know, Roe v. Wade was just overturned after 49 years of speaking up, of us Christians speaking up for the way of life. Our nation has chosen the way of life, but it it is only the first step. Uh, as you mm-hmm. know, the states now have to decide. Um, but that but it was a first step. Mm-hmm. Stacy and I were talking, and we see a comparison in our individual lives too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about how that all fits together today. The church talks about NFP and being open to life, as opposed to the way of death. So there's continuation even into the 1980s of this same idea. I love that about the church. And, but the, this encyclical is titled Familiaris Consortio from Pope John Paul II in 1981. And he's talking about contraception and abortion. He is saying that using contraception is like putting ourselves as the arbiters of God's plan, like saying to God, I got I got this. I'm going to take it into my own my own control. My, we all know that's a joke, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my life into my own control. And then we manipulate when we do that, when we don't remain open to God's will as a married couple, we start to manipulate each other for Mm. our own purposes. And I think so many people don't understand this about marriage and contraception. Abortion Mm. is just an offshoot of that. If if you're manipulating each other with contraception and you have you you have an unplanned pregnancy because you're trying to avoid it with with pills and devices, then you get an abortion and that's how you fix it. That's the mindset Mm -hmm. of the way of death. But as we all know, being open to life, this is what Stacy and I laugh about. Mm. It doesn't just end when you give birth to those babies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're parents for life. You know, at our age, being open to life, though, looks different than it did at 25. And just for our Protestant friends that are listening, when we say NFP, that stands for Natural Family Planning. And it's Thank simply, you. it's simply, I forget um, everybody doesn't know what that means. <laughs> 
it's simply it's using your natural cycle to know when you are fertile. But um, but like you said, Stacy, being open to life doesn't end with the birth. That is only the beginning. And I mean, I have six kids. I laugh because I never turn my phone off. I never know if someone's going to call me. They're they're always needing something, so I never turn it off. I, I want to be available. <laughs> you know, five of them are, are grown and out of the house, but that doesn't mean they don't keep calling no. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm. I mean, I'm just to drive this point home. I'm so thankful in my life. Like when I was in my twenties, a, a grown mm -hmm. woman, I was living in Ohio and, you know, one night I, I got beat up. I got beaten by a guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he beat the tar out of me. I had a horrible concussion. I'm, seriously. Mm -hmm. He slammed my head into the kitchen mm -hmm. stove. He kicked me down a flight of stairs. He, it, he hit me over and over and it just ended up knocking me out. And, the next day, I desperately wanted to leave and I wanted my mom. I mean, I wanted to drive to my mom. She lived in Colorado. But because of the injuries that I had, I, I couldn't. I couldn't leave. So I called my mom and I asked her. I told her what had happened and asked her if she'd help me. And she drove from Colorado to Ohio to get wow. me and take me to the hospital. And, and you know, and I just think about here I am, a grown woman, and I'm so thankful that she didn't say to me, well, my responsibility ended at your birth. You're grown. Yeah. Just deal with it. You know, yeah, she I, came to you. She did. I mean, and, and when we get pregnant, I mean, we are mothers for life. Oh my goodness, Stacy, That must've been so I mean, hard. That's, a little, also, that's, that's kind of an extreme story, but I'm just saying our yeah. kids call us and they need us. And my mom mm -hmm. dropped everything to come right. and get me. So she did. And, and as, as hard as that, as hard as that experience was, I know you're looking back on something that happened long ago in your life. You probably felt a great deal of comfort knowing your mom was there mm -hmm. and you could call her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine any mom not dropping what they're doing to come to that. But you're right. That's how we live our lives as parents. Mm -hmm. We have to stay ready for whatever comes. We have an episode titled The Good, <laughs> the Bad, and the Ugly. That's right. <laughs> um, talking about accepting in ourselves and in our relationships, whatever comes. Mm. Now, I'm glad we're talking about this in the context of abortion and our culture and our experiences as convert wives and moms, because honestly, Stacy and I say all the time, we're both all in on Catholic mm -hmm. teaching. Like we're not questioning any of it. We're trying to follow it. Right. But I felt I had this feeling, you know, I, I was a Catholic convert back when I was having all of my, my babies. I had two older children and when, then I converted and I had um, five more children and five miscarriages. And I was all in. And I remember back in those days, the church teaching on being open to life and using NFP and, and that it meant being open to giving birth. I have felt a little blindsided as my children got older. I'm like, hey, church, I kind of need you to tell me what to do with these teens now because <laughs> I'm open to life. But dang, there's there's yeah. like stuff going on and I'm trying my hardest, but there's stuff coming that I feel wholly unprepared for. Uh -huh. And I'm like, OK, am I being open to life? Am I being open to life? Like later in life, it gets harder. I wish my biggest problems were changing diapers and uh -huh. looking for pacifiers now. And Familiaris Consortio talks about, I love this phrase, the inner truth of conjugal love, conjugal meaning between the man and woman. There's an inner truth there. 
And this is the thing that that Pope John Paul II is saying, contraception denies the inner truth of conjugal love. That's some big theological words. And those are beautiful phrases that stop me dead in my tracks. But I also have to think about what they're saying there. It means that we need to give ourselves totally to each other as spouses in our marriage. The only relationship we say to become one. But Uh what flows from that total giving? So it's not just us giving ourselves to our husband. What flows from that is giving birth. But even as my husband and I raise our teenagers and take care of our parents and do all those things, as our family grew huge, that love flowing out from our our inner truth of conjugal love grew exponentially too. And I rely on that love, that life source for whatever life brings Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm hoping for eternal life for my whole family. I hope we're all together in heaven. And I mean, as we get older, I think we just realize how little we actually do have control of because you can't control other people. That's right. We ask our Facebook friends what being open to life later in life looks like. Yeah, I I love that. I love it when you post questions and I love that <laughs> you get such good feedback and responses and the conversations that take place. But we had one person that responded to that question yeah. that you posted, Theodore Sieber. And this is what he said. I hope he doesn't mind us sharing it on here because this is what he said. Well, for one thing, it's not just about conception. I've been promoting the following idea. Consent to sex is consent not just to pregnancy, but parenthood. And parenthood isn't an event. It's a permanent state. Mm-hmm. Thus, sex done properly takes 35 years to even really accomplish properly. This is why sex is unitive and procreative and why you can't separate out the unitive from the procreative. Amen yeah. and amen. That's I so good. This. I love it. That's so true. We are parents for life. And this is what we've been saying. And I love how he put it. Um, but back to that familiar <laughs> consortium. Big Catholic words. <laughs> With my check, my little accent here. It doesn't know, sound as Familiars. <laughs> consortium. I know. <laughs> one part that really jumped out at me, it says the choice of the natural rhythms involving accepting the cycle of the person, accepting dialogue, reciprocal respect, sharing responsibility, self-control. To accept the cycle and to enter into dialogue means to recognize both the spiritual and corporal character of the conjugal communion and to live personal love with its requirement of fidelity. In this context, the communion is enriched with these values of tenderness and affection. I love this. I love it. It's just beautiful language. I know. And and it speaks of unity. It speaks of the two becoming one Um, Mm -hmm. teamwork, you know, partners in life, communicating, planning your future together, supporting one another by having common goals, not seeing each other as objects to use, but giving completely of yourselves to each other and the relationship relationship. And, and, and this versus, taking what you want when you want it. I mean, it's it's beautifully laid out. And that, along with a scripture that came to my mind when I was reading it in 1 Corinthians, it says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be knit together in the same mind and with the same purpose. <laughs> and 
that is just if we look at that all of that in, in the context of marriage it is it just screams to becoming one yeah you know we are striving for that oneness and that unity in our marriages and i think having that unity that oneness helps us be open to life throughout our lives yes and even though we can't see the end from the beginning like god can and in spite of that fact, we still, we know, we, we don't know, I guess, we don't know what's going to happen with our children. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going to happen in their lives, right? We know God does, but we don't know. I wish we did. I, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We, we, we have to trust the, the one who knows the future. And mm -hmm. our children, we are their moms, no matter what happens, whatever life brings. And it, it brings grandchildren, brings trials, mm -hmm. it brings heartbreak joys, lessons learned, lessons taught. It, it's all a part of God's bigger plan for us and for our children. And perfect parenting doesn't exist, but at least we have an idea of what it should mm -hmm. look like. And we strive. We keep striving. You've heard it takes a village to raise a family, to raise kids. And, and that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about this right now, because we need each other. Yeah, that's just been a constant theme we've had throughout everything we've talked about is is striving to do what's good and needing each other, supporting each other, praying for each other. Yes. Before we move on to the next segment where we want to take a look at an example of the way of life and the way of death in a video at the New York Times um, that stands in contrast to what Stacy's mom did for her. Before we get to that segment, we just want to let you know what we have planned with the podcast. We've decided to do seasons. So we're doing 12 episode seasons. And this is actually our 11th episode that we've done on the podcast. So we've got one more to go and then we're going to take a break. We're going to take a few months off to plan um some retreats that we have, we have some writing projects that we're going to do. Mm -hmm. So we've got some things coming up and we will be posting on Facebook to keep everybody uh, informed and let you guys know what's going on. And we're real excited about the things that we've got planned. Yeah. And so please keep recommending the podcast to your friends. We have a lot of Protestant friends, our Christian brothers and sisters who listen to the podcast um, and, and they all fit together. So we planned it that way. Um, keep recommending the podcast to people to listen to and um, jump around and listen to the different episodes. And we're just going to take some time to focus on those retreats. And like Stacey said, the writing and planning out the next season. So um, we're kind of like Netflix, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but we're not and, like Netflix either. And and save the date. We want to throw a save the date out there. October 15th. Just put that on your calendars and we'll let you know more about it. <laughs> yes. First retreat. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Times posted a video several weeks ago when Oklahoma changed the abortion laws prior to June 24th when the Roe v. Wade decision was announced from the Supreme Court. The video is about a couple of mothers. In the first segment, the mother in Oklahoma wanted to take her daughter for an abortion, but couldn't do it in Oklahoma and had to um, drive five hours out of state to Kansas. And of course, the New York Times is, is trying to say 
This is why women need abortion access, because this mother had to drive her daughter five hours and wait overnight in a hotel just to be seen because the Kansas abortion clinic was overwhelmed with so many people coming to them because their their state wouldn't provide the abortion. It's heartbreaking, though, listening to this mother and thinking about how Stacy's mother was there for her in a very different life-giving way. And we're not here to judge, but I wanted to call that mom up and tell her that taking her daughter for an abortion, no matter how inconvenient it is to drive out of state and stay in a hotel, it's not going to fix the problem in her daughter's life. Mm -hmm. She's just teaching her daughter to be used. She's mm -hmm. teaching her daughter that children, her grandchild, don't deserve unconditional love from their moms. Mm -hmm. The abortion doesn't help the daughter in the long run. It's the way of death. And so many people in our society just don't get this. Pregnancy and we live in Oklahoma. And about the time that we decided to do it is when they changed the law that she couldn't, couldn't get an abortion. Well, then that changed everything. I just made the decision that we would come to Kansas and, you know, do what we needed to do. The phones were so busy we couldn't get through. And then she was finally able to get through and they scheduled her. We had to drive five hours to get here. We came up last night and stayed in a hotel and we're here today. I'm going to support my daughter any way I can. And I told her I don't think any less of her because she made a decision. It is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because, you know, we don't, we don't want to get that phone call from our daughter and hear them suffering and, and trying to make this tough decision, but supporting her. I mean, this dear mom thinks that she is supporting her daughter mm -hmm. and that she's doing the right thing by showing her support. But She's not supporting the life of her grandchild. She's not teaching her daughter right. how much value she has or how much value that baby has. And it's, it is heartbreaking. We're just wishing people understood how beautiful the way of life is and how dangerous the way of death is. Abortion is an extremely time-sensitive procedure. When you have whole states that can't provide abortion care, that burden on surrounding states becomes even more extreme. And the degree of difficulty in seeking timely care becomes much more substantial. I remain very worried and concerned about the patients who didn't have the resources or ability to make it here to get that care. People without those means, the most vulnerable among us, will be forced to remain pregnant. What number of pregnancy is this for you? Three. Three, okay. And what happened with your other ones? Um, I had both. Two vaginal deliveries. Did they go okay? Any problems? Okay. It was a hard decision, but me and my kid's father, we both decided that this would be the best for us because we aren't financially, mentally, physically ready to have another kid. I have to focus on my kiddos as we already have two who are young. You're super early. Yeah. yeah, which is great. You know your body. Honestly, I was scared at first, but now I feel good because I'll be able to do all the things I need to do after this and not worry about, okay, what am I going to do next? Where is the money going to come from? What am I going to do if I'm too sick to go to work or too sick to move around? Like, I don't have to stress about that after this day.
a couple of things that jumped out to me there is is when they said it's time sensitive. Yes, it is time sensitive. Those initial moments when if you are blessed enough to have your daughter come to you, because a lot of times they don't, they mm -hmm. try to solve this on their own and they don't come to you. So I'm just speaking from a mom's heart right now. Those those times that she does, you know, I mean, what a blessing if your daughter does come to you. But those first initial responses are critical. Your first initial response matters. And, you know, give birth to this baby. We'll figure it all out. We'll walk this out together. I'm with you. I mean, that, that is so important. And the other thing that jumped out at me is when she said those that don't have the money to travel to get an abortion in another state are the most vulnerable among us. Yeah. I, no, the bad use of that is. word. Yeah, I mean, the baby is the baby is. And when she goes on to say that, you know, she'll be forced to remain pregnant. Well, she was worried about the one woman was worried more about, you know, how she was going to afford the baby, raise the baby, mm -hmm. the inconvenience of it all. There are options. There are so many options out there. There are families that would love to adopt you know, I've adopted, I adopted four girls. Mm -hmm. um, there are, that is a huge option and you would be blessing a family so much. Adoption is amazing. Mm -hmm. It is a, it changes generations. I mean, it mm -hmm. is life impacting and, um, and there are services out there to help with financially and there are options. Yes, I, I think it just doesn't do anything for women to tell them your option is to kill your child. I, mm -hmm. I think deep in our hearts, I think it is a natural law. I think I know it's natural law. I know God puts that on our hearts. I know it that that mothers need their babies and babies just as much need their mothers. But the mother who has a baby in her womb, she needs that child. Even if she says, I can't raise the baby right now, even if she says, I want to have an abortion, even if she says, I, I, I don't want to be forced to give birth to this child, even if she, she can't stand the thought of that child in the womb, even if it's a gift from God and she says, no, thank you, God, I don't want that gift. I didn't plan that gift. And, and that's what Pope John Paul II is talking about um, being arbiters of the divine plan. Even if a mother is panicking like that, I still believe, I still know that she needs that baby. And if you kill that baby, she's still the mother of that baby for all eternity. Like becoming pregnant makes you a mother forever. Mm -hmm. She's just the mother of a baby that she killed. And golly, we owe women better than that in our culture. We know, Stacy, how hard it is to raise kids. I mean, yeah. we 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 are stable now in our lives, but we've both been through times in our younger lives when we weren't financially stable, when yeah. we weren't relationship stable, yeah. when we weren't ourselves stable. I mean, and now I look back over my life. I remember when my first daughter was born, and you know, she's thirty three now, and I called her my my little ray of sunshine. Her name is Reagan. That child is the, is what kept me going. That's what gave me hope. I mean, in the moment, I couldn't see it. No. And, and for many years, I, I, I didn't fully understand it. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, she's such a gift now. And I get to see her raising her kids. And someday I'll mm -hmm. hopefully even get to see her loving her grandchildren. Like mm -hmm. you said, Stacey, it goes on for generations. And I'm so thankful that, that I 
saw the way of life in our culture and stopped on the way of death. We are all so encouraged and so thankful and, and so excited about the mm -hmm. Supreme Court decision. And I just pray, though, I just I just want to say this, that I just pray that we don't get distracted by this victory and that we press on and that we keep moving forward towards the way of life. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>